here. So we'd like to teach for the next 28 minutes, since I started a few minutes late, on really, so my, my wife and I, um, we sometimes will get a gift card to a restaurant, and we like to eat at different places, and we like some places more than other places. Well, we got a gift card, and it was for a certain place, and uh, while I'm thankful for the gift card, I just like other restaurants better than, than that one. And so my wife said, it didn't say it on the card, but she said, you know what? You can use this for, even though it said a certain name on the card, you can use it for this other restaurant. And I said, well, just make sure. And true enough. And it, was a, it wasn't on the card, but it was transferable. It worked at the other place. And I don't remember the names of the restaurant, um, but that's really what I'd like to teach about. So I want to I teach about revival transfer or transferring revival because a revival lasts what a week how many weeks are in the year 52 right so what happens the other 51 weeks does the revival transfer after that week or do we just have to say oh i can't wait till the next revival and i'll just have to kind of have a defeated life until then no i really don't believe that so god laid it on our heart to uh, I would like to use a scripture, so you might want to get there. It's in the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 14. Now, I really believe that revival is transferable. It is transferable. And I'd like to read this verse of scripture. There was a transfer in the book of Kings. A lot of kings transferred. One guy, you know that he only, was, he only had his kingdom for seven years days. His name was Zimri, and he was a wicked king. Man, that didn't take long, did it? Right? So, but not the kings that we want to look at, but it's the transfer of two prophets from a prophet. They had very similar names, but they were uh, both extraordinary men. Probably the first even more than the second, perhaps, but the first one was Elijah, and he, be- he just comes on the scene with no introductions in 1 Kings. And then in 2 Kings, Elijah goes to heaven. You know, he's not dead yet. He actually came down from heaven and talked to Jesus with Moses. So Elijah's quite, and he's like, he's one of the oldest guys after Enoch in the whole world, right? Except for God, right? Enoch and Elijah, Methuselah's way down the list, okay? Enoch and Elijah haven't died yet, and they're from a long time ago. And then we have this man that's transferred. So one, uh, one prophet's going up to heaven. Well, does that mean that prophecies end? No, God is good at transferring things. And it's the very character of God. So we'd like to deal with the transfer from Elijah to Elisha, the next prophet, and kind of look at three elements of transferring the power of God or revival or victory or whatever else you need from one to the next. So 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 14. And this is speaking, this is an action that Elisha took. And he took the mantle, the priestly garment, the the priestly robe of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. So this is where Elisha, Elijah had gone up into heaven 
And Elisha, the new prophet, took these garments and smote the waters. And the waters, just like Moses, right, with the, the rod, they parted. The waters were of the Jordan River. And they parted, and he walked back over from where the beaming up took place of Elijah. So this guy said, I just spent 300 bucks on a limousine and discovered the fee doesn't include a driver. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And he said, I can't believe I've spent all that money and have nothing to show for it. <sighs> well, we had a wonderful time in God uh, last week as a local church. But as I shared, that's one week. Is it possible to keep revival going in our lives? And I know, say, preacher, but it's not easy. I don't think it was easy to come to church all the time. I don't think anything God necessarily is easy. Was that ever a promise? That my, I thought that Jesus said, in the world, it's going to be easy, no problem. No, he gets you a lazy boy chair. No, he said, in the world, ye shall have tribulation. And, and more so if you claim the name of Jesus Christ. My daughter was at school. It was so funny. So she told my wife and I that she had to go read with another boy. You know, she told, she said, I had to tell my teacher I didn't read something. I'm thinking, why didn't you read it? She goes, well, I had to be honest. And so we were just like, what? Kid, what are you being honest? Why didn't you do what your teacher said? Well, it was some book that had this God in it or some God of fire or something like that. So my daughter said, can't read that. And so she told the teacher, it's like, my parents don't allow me to read stuff like that. So the teacher's like, okay, just go over and read with this other little kid. But you know that when you're a Christian, and we didn't tell her that she couldn't read it, but you know what? I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, we want to train our child that when she thinks something's wrong, it doesn't matter if an adult says to do it. You do what you think is right. So I was like, you go, girl. And I gave her a high five and everything. And so I don't know what, what it was that she read, but I'm encouraged that she realizes that you're going to have to take a stand for what you believe if you're going to be any kind of a person of character. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said... Even though it's rough, it's possible. And he said, rejoice. He said, I've overcome the world. So Jesus made it to where he said, wait a second. You can transfer this. Even though it's hard, it's possible. And we know that with God, all things are possible. And uh, this one man, he said, they say in the Bible, nothing is impossible. He said, but that's not true. He said, I know people that do nothing every day. <laughs> but say, preacher, huh? Right, but we've got to do something, right? And uh, revival is transferable to our daily lives, you know, to your Monday, to your Tuesday, to the in-between. Say, preacher, what's going on? Well, I want to look at three elements of what Elisha said in that scripture. And it's interesting. I don't know, has anyone here been to Zimbabwe? I know I have. I'm raising my hand. So, But uh, you can use U.S. dollars in Zimbabwe to conduct business. It's a trend. You'll get a better... You know, you better exchange in their local Zimbabwean dollar. But you can use U.S. dollars there. They like them so much, and they're trying to keep them from coming in so they get all old and ratty and they fall apart. And I read this article. They actually have people there that, like, iron them and, like, glue them back together. And, like, you know, they'll buy them for a reduced rate when they, like, fall apart. And they're, like... It's like money laundering, but not really, right? So they'll like clean it up and press it and put it back together and re resell it to the market like at full value. 
and say, oh, that's pretty cool. And a lot of countries in the world, a $20 bill, it'll talk, right? It doesn't matter where you are. You could be in Mongolia. I'd be like, oh, okay, you're good. But there says something on the dollar. At least I don't think it's changed. <laughs> it's like if, if it's changed and it says something else, but there's something, it's still there. It's still there? Okay. Okay, let me check. Let me check. Um, thank you. I'm looking. I'm looking. Is it in the back? Ah, there we go. There we go. It's on the five and it's on the 20. In God we trust. And that is what Elisha really was saying. He was saying, I'm trusting God. He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And that, you know, said people, I don't believe in God. Well, yeah, give me that paper out of your pocket. Why would you want that blasphemy in there? Got any Benjamins? No. But really, that is exactly how we transfer revival. It's in God. We have to have an active faith in God. And it, the thing about it is it's all possible. If you know Jesus Christ, nothing that Reverend uh, Love said uh, was, was possibly maybe something new you've heard. But it was a reinforcement of the Word of God. And there was, he was speaking a lot of Scripture. And uh, so let's look at three things. I don't want to run out of time. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You know, I want... Reverend Love, it's, it's interesting. And I, I shared with Reverend Love. Uh, I think he even might have shared it when he was here. We were talking about it prior. He said when different men of God were around, he'd try to preach like them and he'd try to be like them. And, uh, and I, I remember telling him I was the same. And one minister would come, I'd try to preach like that minister for a while. Then another minister would come. Did you ever try that? No? Well, you're more confident in yourself than I was. So, and then after a while, and Reverend Love, I think, said this. He said, I don't want to be, I want to be Reverend Love. You know, I want to be Brother Love. And so after a while, I, and the Bible didn't say that Elisha said, where's Elijah? No, he said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Now, I want Reverend Love's God. I, I want with the things that Reverend Love was saying and preaching about. I want that reality. I want God to move in my life like God moves in his life. So it could be that when you transfer our local revival, you could be like, where's the Lord God of Reverend Love? And that is exactly what we're talking about to say, let's God transfer into this new week that we have with us. So the first thing, I want to look at three elements. The first one, and these are not pointy headed. The first one's faith. That's trust. Trust in God. You know, that's where it all starts. Before you pray, you've got to have faith. Because otherwise it's useless, right? Have you ever prayed, prayed a faithless prayer? I have. It's like, I'm going to say this, but I don't even believe it. No, you have to have faith first, right? Otherwise, why waste your time, right? Say, preacher, I'm discouraged. I ain't going to go pray. I'm just going to go sleep. I'll take a nap and wake up and pray because I want to waste my time. You ever prayed and you're like making excuses and have you ever thought about something instead of prayed? And you're really just thinking about it. You're not praying. The first thing we need is we need faith. And that's why the preaching happens. Uh, we, we preach the word of God and teach the word of God because Jesus said, I, even I, if I be lifted up, if I be exalted, and he spake of the cross, he, but he said, if I'm exalted and lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So that when the, the preaching of the cross happens, it excites faith or trust 
in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why we do it over and over and over and over and over. When Peter was preaching in the book of Acts, he just preached a simple gospel message about the resurrection of Jesus. And it said the Holy Ghost just fell on people. All they were doing was just having a simple gospel. And Peter was like, whoa! He wasn't even expecting that. But God moves through the preaching of the Word of God. So faith, because it excites faith. So just prior to this, Elijah, he's getting ready to leave, right? Elisha was asked, what shall I do? He said, ask. Isn't that like God? He said, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Isn't that like a grade, grading of uh, 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 like intensity, right? First you ask and then you begin to go look around. And then you begin to go against barriers. What doors? Like, dum, 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 dum. When we were in the military, we used to knock with our fist. Not like this. We used to just knock with our fist, and it would rattle the door. You can't really do that. Don't try that here, because someone will call the cops. But that's what we used to do, because then you could reverberate, and you could hear throughout that whole barracks room. Even if you did, you could be asleep and feel the vibrations, right? But that's what Jesus said. He said, you need to ask. And Elijah said to Elijah, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. I got an ear of God, right? And Elisha said, man, he had an answer, right? He said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Man, that's faith, right? So like, you know, someone like Donald Trump is like, hey, hey, what can I, what, what can I teach you about money? Well, I want twice as much as you have. Whoa. That's what he said. He said, I want twice as much as you. I don't want to be like you. You know, isn't it interesting? There was a guy, his name I think is Ryan Hall. He's a runner and he's a trainer. And he said, uh, he said, my students, I want them, their beginning point to be at my, you know, basically their feet to be at my shoulders. I want them to stand upon my shoulders and be better than I am. And know that I'm thankful that uh, there's people that have faith like this. So to transfer revival, it's a preacher, but that's a lot. Even Elijah said, you asked a hard thing. That's not going to be easy. But I'll talk to the Lord. He said, if you see me when I'm taken up, it's going to happen. But if not, so he put a condition. Remember, Reverend Love preached miracles with and if. And there's conditions on the word of God. So, uh, a double portion, though, it, it, it's interesting. Have you ever read, and I won't belabor this, have you ever read the account of the prodigal son? There were two sons, did you know? The younger one went and wasted his substance with riotous living, right? But did you know that the man had two sons? And the elder son stayed and worked in the field, and when the prodigal son came home, He's out there working in the field and he's wondering what's going on. You know, hey, what's going on? All that noise. And they say, oh, your brother's come back. He's alive. And so the older brother got angry. He wouldn't go to celebrate. And the father came out. Well, here's this interesting part. So the Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. Give me my inheritance early, right? And he divided unto them. You ever read that before? 
his living. Not just the younger son, the older son too. Well, can I tell you something about older kids in the Jewish uh, faith? And they get a, what's called a double portion. So if you're the firstborn, you get twice as much as all the other kids. So according to what I read in the word of God, the older son, he was sitting on a gold mine. I don't know if it was real estate or if it was, if it was uh, herds and flocks and everything. And uh, he's getting mad at his father that he didn't get a party and everything. And I'm thinking, dude, you've got twice as much if you didn't waste it. And you know what? The father came out and he said, my son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. It all belongs to you. You're rich. And Jesus was really talking to the Pharisees that the Pharisees were mad. They were the older brother, right? It's a metaphor. The younger brother represented us, the Gentiles, the sinners, the ones that got redeemed. And the Pharisees didn't want those people to get forgiveness, didn't want people to be redeemed. But the thing that I took away from it was that they had a double portion. You see, revival it, we have to use what God has already given us. You know, God's given you something in revival, but if it's no good outside of that door, it's really pretty useless, isn't it? It's like watching a movie and you're like, you ever watched a movie and, you, you know, you're in the dark and whatever. And, and then it's, all movies are like vampire movies. Because when you open that door during the daylight, right, you're like, ah, because that bright light from outside hits you and you're like a vampire, you're going to melt or something like that. But as soon as you walk outside, it's over. But you see, when you have faith in the name of Jesus Christ, you can take that revival with you. That double portion, what Elisha wanted, was available to him. And he had faith. And so before you even pray, just trust God. Uh, when Peter and John went in the book of Acts, and they were, gonna, they, they were going to pray. So that's our next thing is prayer. But they saw this lame man. And the Bible says, you've all probably heard the account that Peter, he, uh, he grabbed the lame man and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he just grabbed him and he lifted him up. And the Bible said his feet and his ankle bones they gained strength. And it said he leaping up stood and went into the church walking, leaping, and praising God. And they were begin to, people began to find fault with Peter. But he said, Acts chapter 3 and verse 16. And his name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. And the Bible says in the book of Romans... Chapter 10, that word, where's that faith? It says the word is nigh, which means near thee. Even in thy mouth, one preacher preached there's a miracle in your mouth. And in thy heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. So the Bible says that to exercise faith, God even gives us the faith that we need to believe him. So if we want to have revival transfer, the first thing is just to believe Jesus Christ, just to believe he rose from the dead, to believe that it's possible, to believe that God can do something. And that faith is the start. The second thing, of course, you got to do something with that faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen, but you've got to activate it. You ever get a card in the mail and it says you have to call this or go to this website to activate the card? Otherwise, it won't work, right? You've got to activate it. 
So the second thing, so Elisha, he made a faith transfer, a revival transfer with faith in God. And the second thing is you got to take that faith in prayer. Uh, one article, and that's what Elijah was doing, or Elisha was doing when he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? That was an active prayer. It was talking to God. That's all prayer is. And we, we think of prayer maybe, you know, a praying before dinner, you know, three minutes a day, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and maybe four minutes a day because we all have to have a snack after we go home from church, right? Daisy, uh, what do they call them? Little Debbies. You know, if you eat Little Debbies, you're not going to be little. <laughs> so, but the, I don't know, that's a misnomer, right? So it's like goldfish, but I, enough goldfish, I don't look like a goldfish, you know? <laughs> More like a koi, you know, or something like that. But So I read this, uh, some different articles about phones. Do you know how many times someone unlocks their phone a day? It's an average. You know, you could be above or 110 times they put their code in or do the face or do the um, uh, fingerprint. One, that is about once every 10 minutes. But isn't it interesting because the Bible doesn't say we're just supposed to pray at church. No, I'm just saying that when you do that, you're constantly checking your phone. But that's okay. But we need to be constantly checking in with God. If you want to keep revival going, how many times it says that the average user touches their smartphone 2,617 times a day. No, not me. Yeah, every swipe, every tap, every move, 2,000 times a day. Can you imagine reading the Bible with that intensity? That means that, what does that mean? We're always doing something on our phone. Say, preacher, but I listen to this. And no, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that shows that there's a constant connectivity to a phone that shows that it's possible to have a constant connectivity to God. You know that we should pray always, the Bible says. Jesus said that we should pray always and not faint, not give up. So a preacher, what if God doesn't answer prayers? What if he does? What if every time you pray? So if you hit a tree with an axe a hundred times, when did it fall? Did it really fall the hundredth time you hit it? Or did it fall a little bit every time that you hit that? So I just, I just want to hit it the last time. But you know, prayers like that. It might not be the first prayer. It might not be the second prayer. When they walked around Jericho, was it what? One day? No. Two days? No. Three days? No. Once around it for six days. And then the seventh day they went seven times. But it just didn't happen overnight. But there was this, as Reverend said, this consistent consistency that they kept walking. And you know that we need to keep praying. And I know that one thing the devil's like, oh, it's no use. Don't even pray. Man, that's your trigger right there. When the devil said there's no use, that's when I need to pray. Because when it seems like it's impossible, let's let God do something and make it possible. Because nothing's impossible with God. The Bible says, I like this, be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. Man, that's easy to say, isn't it? That isn't easy to say. Isn't easy to say. Hmm. But it says, but in everything, everything. That's the way to keep revival going. Don't pray about driving. Why not? If you pray for your food, we need to pray for you. You're probably not going to die with your bowl of cereal, but you will probably die 
on the roadway. I've been more messed up on the roadway than I ever have eaten a bowl of cereal, okay? But let me tell you, I've got a big scar on my face from driving. Of course, I was sleeping when I was driving, so, I mean, it was comfortable, but it's not a very good way to maintain your lane. So, and I did get a ticket when I was in the back of the ambulance, okay, for not maintaining my lane after I hit the dump truck. So, but the, the Bible says, but in everything by prayer. Everything? Say, preacher, why? To keep revival going. See, if I pray when I'm working, I've, I've shared this before, but we should worship when we work. Don't think about going to work. It's just another place that I'm taking revival. I'm going to take it to work, and I'm going to take it to the store, and I'm going to take it and at, at, the, uh, at the red light. You know, if I can check my phone, I can also read a scripture. If I can check my phone, you know what I'll do a lot of times? I'll open my, uh, my uh, sunroof. And I'll stick one hand out that, and I'll stick one hand out the window. I don't really care who's watching. And I'm just praising God. I've got some kind of good music playing. And it's like not real loud to annoy people, but just, just, just worshiping God. Why? Because I have a few minutes. You know, I could watch a music video, or I could check, you know, something on the phone. Or I could also use that time to pray always. Why? I want revival to keep going. So, the Bible says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known to God. And there is a resulting peace. You know, I was listening to a song and it said something about the waves and the waves God hadn't changed or something like that. But I was like, wow. You know, the waves of life, they may, name, they may not respect you or know your name or know your voice, but there's something about Jesus, right? So when Jesus, he spoke to the wind and to the waves, and there was a great calm. And the people that were around him said, what manner of man is this? That the wind and the waves obey him. You know what? They might not know my name, but they know his name. I remember when I was mowing the lawn one time for my, where I worked at a construction site. And it was getting ready to rain. And I was like, I said, God, can you hold that rainstorm off? I didn't ask the devil. I asked God. Because I wanted to finish the job, right? You know what? God did. And I, it looked like it was getting ready. You know, that downdraft and the coolness and you, the clouds are dark. But it just, it didn't, it didn't rain. Do you believe that was God? I do. Because I asked God for it. Man, if Elijah can do it, why can't we do it? But you just have to trust God. Pray. And then when God does something, you'd be like, hey, man, let me tell you what God did for me today. It gives him glory, right? And so the last thing. And it said the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds. The last thing is works. So he had faith to transfer revival. He had prayer to transfer revival. And then he did something. He smote, he took that, that mantle of the, the priestly garment and he smote the waters. He actually did something. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8 said, this is a faithful saying. And these things will I, I will, excuse me, that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Didn't it say that Jesus went about doing good? He was always doing something, right? And in Titus chapter 3 and verse 8, it said, these things are good and profitable to men. When you begin to act out your faith, well, what's a good work? Maybe witnessing you know what? If you want to keep revival, you know there's going to be some people that do not want to hear you talk about God, okay? And they will tell you that, okay? But you don't know what God is doing when you're witnessing. 
There was a man, I'm about done, but his name was D.L. Moody, okay? And God laid it on his heart to witness to one person every day. And he forgot one day. You know, time got ahead. You know, he's a preacher, but he's still... So he went out and he found this guy standing under this light post, right? And he goes, hey, and invited him to church, tried to tell him about Jesus. And the man's like, get out of here. If he said, if you weren't a preacher, I'd, I'd hit you. And so he kind of, you know, dropped his head like some of us and kind of went back and, you know, you know like kind of doubting himself. It wasn't that long later, and this is a true story, that that man came up to him and he said, ever since you said and you talked to me about Jesus, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. And the man was converted to Jesus Christ. You see, a lot of times it's not the things that we see that are changing. It's that faith in Jesus Christ that makes a difference, makes us pray, and then it makes us begin to live a life of prayer and it transfers revival. So... Uh, I'm, I'm about done, but let me just share one more thing. Uh, the Bible said that when uh, Elisha got sick and he died, they buried him, which is what you do, right? And then he had been there a while because it just said there were bones. So he's gone. He had had twice as many miracles as Elijah. God fulfilled so he had 32, Elijah had, Elijah had 16. So God answered his prayer. God will answer yours too. There hath not failed one word of his promise. And it came to pass as they were burying a man, and behold, they spied a band of men. So they're burying a guy, but there's like enemy soldiers around. So they just kind of threw a guy into this open hole. <laughs> and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. It's like, one, two, three. I mean, I guess that's one way to bury him. Maybe they're praying as they're throwing him in there. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. And, and that was the 33rd miracle. So God even honored one extra with the bones of Elisha. But someone had written, you know, if God can use the bones of a man of faith to resurrect someone from the dead, how much more... Can he use living people like you and me? Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you're going to be my witnesses. And that's what God wants for us to do, to take that revival and transfer it. You know what? Just I dare you to have joy tomorrow. I dare you to believe God for something. I dare you to witness to someone tomorrow. So preacher, well, they'll say no. Well, you know what? I said yes. I was one of those people that said yes when the devil said everyone was going to say no because someone had revival in their heart and they went and won me to Jesus Christ. And you know what? God might be using you to win that next person. Maybe even that next Billy Graham. Maybe that next person. Billy Graham's gone, but there needs to be the gospel in this generation. Amen. Let's transfer revival. So God bless you is our prayer. Brother Velez, could you dismiss us in prayer? Hey, we'll see you on Thursday.